Welcome in everyone to 32 Beat Beyond the Tweets. My name is Zach Hyduk, and today I'm here with our head content manager, Matt Olson. Matt, it's just us today holding down the fort. How are you doing? Doing well, Zach. Always good to uh, put out another episode for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, I think we kicked Zach Ring off because, you know, frankly, two of us was just too much. Uh, and everybody was getting confused. I was just getting all these emails that said, you know, we need just one of you. But uh, no, he uh, he's not able to join us tonight, but I'm glad to have you here with us. We had a really interesting week in the NFL here. Yeah, I mean, some interesting trades, obviously, but it looks like the bigger thing that, and I know we're going to talk about it here shortly, is uh, some new opportunities for people. You know, we're almost at that halfway point in the season. Certain offenses we thought were going to be pretty good have kind of fluttered in some areas. Um, there's been some nice surprises, and, you know, we're going to touch a lot on a lot of that this evening. Yeah, yeah. Today we're going to go through a couple of different things. Uh, we got something new to try out on you guys here. Uh, we're going to go and give each of us a soapbox. If you were listening back, you would know uh, that in previous episodes we did that for those of the uh, – those beat writers that we had on as guests, give them an opportunity to give an opinion about something. And uh, we're going to do that for ourselves today. We're also going to go through uh, mailbag questions that you all submitted on Twitter. If you didn't catch that and you want to submit some for next week, watch out for that tweet. Uh, we're going to try to put those out every Wednesday or so, but, uh, you know, maybe a Tuesday. So just keep a lookout for that. And then uh, we got some uh, news for you. We'll hit that as well and uh, see where we go from there. So today I'm going to start out with a soapbox and maybe eventually we'll get some nice like ranty music to lay over this or like a timer. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to come up with some ideas. But, you know, this week I I was ranting about it to some friends and I just have to get this off my chest so that I can stop thinking about it and like leave it alone. And I, I don't have to feel like I have to be mad about it. So I'm going to put myself on the clock here for like a minute or two. This whole conversation, I realize that there's this is probably overplayed at this point a little bit, but like it's irritating me. This whole thing around the tush push about banning it, the brotherly shove, the assisted quarterback run play, whatever you want to call it, is frankly just ridiculous. The fact that some people want to ban it feels like a joke to me. Uh, as far as I can tell, they're just simply sore losers. I know I'm being aggressive here, but come on, people. Uh, I've seen some stuff going around like people, you know, supposedly worried about injuries. You know, they've mentioned the particular, uh, you know, Purdy concussion that happened. But can we just stop it? Just stop like that wasn't a tush push. Yeah, McCaffrey was coming in from behind to maybe shove him, but he got clocked well before that ever happened. And we've seen this happen before. Like, it's not like the Eagles invented pushing somebody from behind. Uh, a friend of mine mentioned, you know, that was a rule that used to be banned. And I was like, yeah, well, then they unbanned it because it's a stupid rule, right? So why would <laughs> we ban it again? We already recognized that it was stupid. It's not about injuries. We know that. Don't use the party thing as a discussion. That's ridiculous. Is it about competitiveness then? Uh, we know it's not the play design because, I mean, as a Patriots fan, I watched the Patriots try to run it once and it was a miserable failure. And we've seen that a lot of times around. It's just, it's not the play. It's not an extra two, an extra point for two yards that's just going to go in every time. It's it's not what's happening here. So it's not an automatic play. It's not that it's unfair. You're just being a sore loser about it. Let me give you some stats here. On an average fourth down, and this is pretty common knowledge, but on an average fourth down, the conversion rate is 51%. That's all teams, anywhere, fourth down, anywhere on the field, any distance, average 51% conversion rate. So you are more likely than not to convert a fourth down. That's for all fourth downs. Uh, for fourth downs within a yard, it's 65.4%. Okay. 
So when the Eagles get within a yard, yeah, they have a good chance of converting because literally everyone has a good chance of converting within a yard. So yeah, it's automatic for them because it's automatic for everybody, you know, essentially. And also, guess what? Last week against the Manders, we saw that they actually could be stopped on the goal line, I believe within a yard, and it forced a fumble. Uh, That ended up, you know, being, I think, a turnover on downs anyways. But like this whole conversation is ridiculous. Rant over. So that's where I'm at. That's my soapbox for this week. I mean, I just got to ask, as a, you know, I'm obviously a Pats fan as well. If you can't, if, if no one's picked up, you know, on that from these shows and my inability to say an ah, but uh, <laughs> would you, would you tush push pot Tom Brady regularly? No, because he was good enough at doing what he did anyways, right? Like, should we just ban the QB sneak? So. I don't know. Am I making that? I don't know where you're going with that, but why? What would I'm you just do? saying, you, you, I, I don't know that I'd risk it. It does seem like right. a high injury play. I mean, the, somebody was saying, I don't know who it was. Uh, I mean, there's probably five talking heads saying something like this, but like <laughs> uh, maybe it was Nick, uh, what's his name? But like, well, what if they just like lined up and did it all the way down the field? You know, they got two and a half yards every time or two yards every time. Then they just, I mean, that's stupid. well, but because nobody's <laughs> going to do that because you can't yeah. just get in a four minute situation and run that every time. Cause then yes, of course, somebody's going to get hurt because you're mashing bodies together repeatedly over mm-hmm. and over and over and over in the same spot like that's ridiculous so yeah it's a it's a high i mean it's kind of an impact play but like i don't know that it's any more injury riddled than anybody running a, a quarterback sneak that the normal way would be my argument i mean we saw kirk cousins rip his achilles this week while I just agree. scrambling like things happen you know so anyway it's a it's a fantasy hindrance i would call it what the the tush push the tush push you only get 0.1 points you might get an injury. You get nothing out of it. Sure, you might get the first down and some extra points that way, but I don't know. People well, tend to care the offense a on the more. field. No, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying from a uh, fantasy manager perspective, I, I think- wouldn't be shocked if people were freaking out over those injuries because some people do take that a little bit more serious. Yeah, I guess so. Well, what do you got for us uh, this week, Matt? Uh, going from my stuff here, so. Not so much a total rant, but more of a just... <laughs> You're not like, as angry. We gotta, we, yeah, we just got to start respecting, you know, and talking about some some of these rookies that might not have been, you know, out there in the limelight at the start of the season. Some are starting to get their opportunities. And mainstream media, you know, mm. which obviously at 32 beat writers, we try and dive much deeper than that. But, you know, we, we haven't seen a lot of love out there for guys like Josh Downs, who's, who's just – he's done it with two QBs now. He's continuing to produce. Um, you know, pretty interesting point that Dalton Cates put out a uh, little stat that he is first in multiple categories historically for third-round wide receiver picks. thought that was mm. kind of cool. Um, you know – Dalton Kincaid is the closest thing you can get to an in-season post-type sleeper. Obviously, it took a Dawson Knox injury, but still, guys producing. Um, Two guys that I think I'm excited to watch going forward. I want to see what Cedric Tillman's going to do. If you know know guys know anything about Cleveland, you know Mary Kay Cabot's the kind of the go-to in that city for reporting and she uh, she was talking. People are 
Cedric was in a in a press conference and she go, she asked about, you know, what are you doing? What's going on? And he goes, I've kind of just been resting up and watching film, learning from that experience. He goes, I'm just more comfortable in that system. I feel like I'm ready to go. Now, obviously, he's not going to just come out and be like, oh, I'm not prepared at all to do this. But, you know, going to probably seven, eight, six UT games last year, um, I liked what I saw, not going to lie. So I'm excited for him to get the opportunity with uh, DPJ moving on to Detroit. And then been a big fan, had some great preseason uh, action and uh, highlights. And that's our Jake Bobo. Uh, <laughs> that's Bo- the name. Bobo. Um, he's oddly, and this is shocking to me because it hasn't been on a ton of opportunities, but uh, PFF ranked him, or he is ranked, third amongst all rookie receivers over the last third games in grade. So mm-hmm. obviously very limited, but the guys got a a guy who ran a 4-9 got a jet sweep for a touchdown out of the backfield. I mean, you want to talk about opportunity and, and getting involved? That's <laughs> one of the ways you do it. So it's I just want these guys to get some love. I want to get them on people's radar. I think it's criminally unfair that they're not getting discussed more, um, especially for fantasy and deeper leagues. So going to be fun to watch what they do this week. You know, obviously with Bobo, there's uh, Seattle's back and healthy, but you never know. Yeah, I think the interesting stuff there, Josh Downs, obviously, is the biggest name for me. Uh, Cedric mm-hmm. Tillman, man, I don't know. I, honestly, I haven't been keeping too much of an eye on him just because that offense, it's been tough to squeeze the fantasy juice out of that at times this year. Sorry. But um, Jake Bobo, uh, that's so funny. Like, I know uh, there's a couple, I think Field Yates has, has like a thing for Bobo too, but uh Bobo. yeah over the last couple of weeks here um you know two targets against cincinnati two catches for 43 yards uh, against arizona five targets mm-hmm. four catches 61 yards and a score that's irrelevant um and then against cleveland two for two for uh 23 so when he, he throws the ball or when he's thrown the ball he catches them now uh, his yards per route run are pretty, uh, or yards per reception rather, uh, are pretty Not high. Terrible. Yeah. So the interesting thing there is you, he'd be like wide receiver four, you know, because mm-hmm. JSN, uh, plus the, the, uh, veterans there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, it, you never know though. Opportunities can happen and Puka Nakua proved us all wrong and turned out to be the best rookie wide receiver that's ever been apparently. So, um, let's go ahead and move on to the news here real quick. As everybody knows, uh, the Raiders, I mean, everybody is fired apparently there. So, uh, now Josh McDaniels is out and then their former GM is also out. And, uh, now you get Antonio Pierce and, uh, as head coach and Bo Hardigree as the, um, as the offensive coordinator. Now I, Pro Football Reference doesn't even have a uh, page for either of these two guys. Uh, Hardigree <laughs> is a guy who's bounced around as like a quality uh, coach and uh, you know quarterbacks coach and offensive assistant and stuff like that. Antonio Pierce, former linebacker, also linebackers coach here. So, uh, what do you think personally is going to be happening here for Devontae Adams and Aiden O'Connell 
Um, just to give us a context to this, and then I'll let you answer here. In week four, when Aiden O'Connell started, because that's who they're naming a starter. Jimmy G got benched here for uh, mm-hmm. the fact I didn't mention that. Aiden O'Connell went uh, 24 of 39 for uh, 238 yards, no touchdowns. He did have one interception, and he did rush for a score that was against the Chargers. You don't have the wildest defense there. Uh, Adams, uh, Devontae Adams, went uh, 8 for 13. Uh, or eight of 13 rather uh, for 75 yards and Josh Jacobs had 58 yards and a score. What do you especially think will happen now with uh, the skill players, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, there going forward here the rest of the year. I mean, I hate to say this, but can it really get much worse? Adams hasn't done anything in weeks. Um, We saw Aiden O'Connell have some, some good moments in camp this year. Um, anyone in a deeper, you know, uh, obviously dynasty being the primary thing, but anyone in a deeper league probably had him somewhat on, on that late, late radar. Um, I mean, Jimmy G hasn't stayed healthy. hasn't really done it anywhere. You can argue in San Francisco, I guess there's a fair argument for that, but it just it, it just doesn't ever seem to work out for the guy. Um, I don't want to say he's a bona fide, you know, loser because that's very harsh. Yeah, that is pretty hard. Uh, hopefully, he's not listening to this. Um, but I mean, we watching that game on Monday night was painful. That was very the offense was painful. It was bad. That those overshots to Devante the. Yeah. Everything. Myers not getting a pass until I think the fourth quarter. Does that sound accurate? I don't uh, know. Yeah, I might have. Sh- yeah, it was pretty bad. I, yeah. You know, look at what I would. I would slightly argue that Aiden O'Connell had the same hype coming out of camp and preseason that Will Levis did. Hmm. And I'm not comparing the two. I'm not saying anything. But let's just look at what Will Levis just did. Just because the guy can throw the ball. Aiden O'Connell can chuck the ball. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo can't do that. We watched it. Give me yeah. your take. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. And the camp thing, I I would, I guess I have to look back. I don't remember a ton of positive stuff about Levis necessarily. but That's I mean, what I'm hey, saying. Hey, oh, okay. All right. I thought you were saying yeah. like, they're both really hyped. Yeah. No, I don't know. I I'm not going to be, I'm not an Aiden O'Connell uh, truther or super. I don't <laughs> know everything about the guy, but I'll just say that rookies, I mean, tend to struggle su- to support people fantasy wise anyways, but you mentioned, can it get any worse? Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I don't know that he was as bad or he's as bad as he was on Monday night. I think, you know, he probably is still injured to some capacity because like you mentioned, he always is. And he had that back issue, went to the hospital, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, I mean, who knows? I, I don't even know if they really told us everything that was going on there for real. Um, but either way, yeah, it's going to be Aiden O'Connell going forward. Everybody's fired and Mark, uh, uh, that is it Mark Daniels, the owner there wants something new happening. So I just, I think it's going to be a hyper targeted Adams, but I don't think it's going to be a high scoring offense. I think that pretty much goes without saying, I don't believe this guy, uh, Bo Hardigree has uh, called plays. Maybe he has at some level, but uh, I mean, I know he was a quarterback for the mm-hmm. Tennessee volunteers, but, uh, the guy who I think would maybe be the most, uh, you know, solid still going forward. It would be Jacobs. I think mm-hmm. he's, 
obviously you're going to see like a Saquon in New York situation. Every rush and every target is going to go to that guy. So, you know, you can probably start him. I just think the upside super capped on both of them. And uh, I mean, other than maybe in a PPR league with, you know, the passing work that Josh Jacobs is going to get. So that's that's kind of where I'd be at. The one thing I will say with this whole thing is I saw some Patriots beat writers, uh, Ben Volan, uh, mentioned, oh my goodness, I almost vomited when I saw this. He's like, the what <laughs> do you remember what the lineup was? He's like, we, we need to have the ultimate lineup come back to uh, the Patriots oh, staff there. And he had like Josh McDaniels coming back and Matt, like, Mayo all was the, the head coach. Yeah, everybody else that was fired yeah. up for Bill. And I was like, dude, I don't need Josh McDaniels coming back to New England. Like the guy has been fired from two different places basically in disgrace. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the the whole thing i think he's just kind of toxic and this is going to sound a little crazy i think new england needs a culture change like Mm -hmm. whether that's with bill or anybody else i'm not giving like a bill needs to go take here but i think that everybody was willing to put up with the hard tough gruff nature of everything and do your job when people were winning and now like you bring a guy like mcdaniels back in like we just don't need that we don't need that kind of thing i don't care what success has happened in the past so please don't speak that evil over me right now um it's not good for fantasy yeah. either yeah at all, yeah. you know yeah. although the patriots in general aren't good for fantasy so <laughs> we'll, well see that, right? disappointing, <laughs> but, um the falcons so uh arthur smith this my goodness that's got everybody's goat you probably if you're listening to this you probably heard some other stuff he ranted about people getting upset about their fantasy teams uh, or not wanting to upset them you know uh, last week he told everybody this is a week ago that the only reason that people were so critical of Desmond Ritter was because they hadn't watched the tape and it was toxic groupthink. Now, of course, they benched the guy and it's not because of the concussion. It's because he sucks. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, now they say this per uh, Tori McElhaney down there uh, for the Falcons. Uh, she had a, a quote up. Uh, well, she said this. Arthur Smith uh, said that the decision to go with Taylor Heineke is the one they made in the short term, specifically for Minnesota. Desmond Ritter will be the number two quarterback. Quote, he is cleared and will be available, unquote. So uh, he can't even, Arthur Smith can't even stop himself. Like it's such a, he can't even decommit to Desmond Ritter. Like I know you have to like say that he's the number two and like he'll be available and all this stuff, but like specifically outlining that it's like for the short term for next week, like, if we bounce back and forth between these two, like, I mean, it's over, right? Like we, we tried the Desmond Ritter thing. A lot of people, including myself, I think on this show said like, why are we going into the season? It's criminal to go mm-hmm. in with Desmond Ritter thinking that this is going to work. Why are we doing this? And you know what? Surprise. It doesn't work. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's just the guy it, it's man. I, I, I have a hard time watching his press conferences sometimes. And you know what? He could coach circles around me and I'm not going to criticize his ability to do that necessarily, but the PR stuff is really starting to get weird. I, uh, I mean, it, the Falcons in general are a weird team and, you know, clearly hate utilizing people who can actually make plays. Um, and I think part of that. That could be interesting is, you know, Desmond Ritter, as you were saying, probably probably wasn't the answer. He isn't the answer, right? And if you're in a position like him, you really only have one option. And that's to constantly, you know, I don't want to say listen to your coach, but you've got to, you've got to buy 100% in the gameplay, go out there and try and execute it. Probably scared to improvise, probably just, just trying to keep his job. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and do what do what he's coached to be told, so on and so forth. I think anytime you bring in a player who, you know, has the ability to show something or get an opportunity, you tend to get at least a little bit more excitement in that initial game. Um, you know, maybe maybe we see the uh, the Kyle Pitts breakout game this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe we see, yeah. yeah, if London ends up not playing, you know, it, it, unless Juno Smith goes off for like eight and one twenty, but you know, um, you know, maybe we see Bijan getting more involved and catching passes out of the backfield. I think we could see improvisation improvisation from. Um, the Falcons this week that we might not have seen under Ritter. I guess that's my biggest point. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll see a little bit just more of a successful offense there. I think for me, it's generally encouraging. We were able to see some fantasy production from people like Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin and stuff like that in Washington when Heineke was mm-hmm. the guy. So, you know, we can go back through and we could look at all of that and maybe we'll evaluate that more in the future here. But yeah, they're just uh offensively scoring i mean you know 24 points 25 6 7 21 16 16 23 you know like i don't know maybe they still only average like 22 to you know 24 points i don't know but i think it'll it'll be more normal and it'll be more successful and we won't have Mm -hmm. so many turnovers in the in the end zone area uh, red zone area, but I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I have been hoping for this. I think that it's better for mm-hmm. fantasy, and I think it needed to happen. Um, maybe they're the exact same guy, but like you said earlier, it, does it get any worse? Probably not. So it can yep. only go up from here, I think. Uh, moving on to Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was traded from the Browns to the Lions here. Um, looking at his uh, production history here, in 2020, 300 yards. 2021, 597. 2022, 839. I don't think, and I think we brought him up preseason as well. You know, he's not one of those guys that if you ask me, you know, or if you ask the average person, how many yards did did he have over or under 500 yards last year? Most people are going to take the under on that. But he, he's been pretty successful mm-hmm. in spots. And so it's interesting to me, not very productive this year whatsoever. Um, going to the Lions, how does this impact the Lions team to you? Does this say anything about their opinion of their former first-round pick there at wide receiver, or do you think this has more to do with Marvin Jones retiring or you know leaving the team as it was? What do you think? You know, it's honestly interesting. We we watched again Detroit play pretty recently, and um, you know we we saw a lot of. Raymond involved looked pretty good. Not going to lie. Um, you obviously have Laporta there. Jameson Williams. I don't know. Maybe the guy just needs reps. I I want, I still saying that I still want to believe, you know, I mean, the drops are just ugly though. Mm. I mean, there was one that this past game where, I mean, I think it hit him in the elbow. I don't Mm. even know how that's possible. (laughs) You know, I was, uh, I was reading something. I, I wish I could remember the source on this, but there was another player who might have been having drop issues or something, and he ended up uh, having to learn to catch tennis balls with two hands mm. to keep his hands together. And do you remember seeing that? Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was like every single year. Was it that running back that I can never remember the name of? Uh... I have no idea. 
ended up going to the, I think he ended his season or, or a career on the Eagles or something like that. I cannot remember his name, but yeah, he was terrible. He was always never catching things. But I mean, that's something has to change. You know, this isn't a scenario of, I mean, I say this, but it, I don't think it's a Jamal Chase scenario where, um, you know, he has to get to some kind of point where he breaks this. I, I'm not a guy with drops scenario. It, yeah. Jamar had him in the preseason. He was fine in the regular season for the most part. I don't know what Jameson Williams deal is. I don't think DPJ though is gonna. I don't think he's DPJ is there because of Williams. I think it's a depth play because the Eagle or oh, the Eagles, the Lions are having a good season. They want to protect what they have. They want to protect what they're doing. Why not get some insurance for cheap in a position that's oft injured? That's my thought on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it necessarily is a one-for-one one there, but I do think, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be very surprising that Donovan Peoples-Jones is more productive than him because, frankly, he just has Absolutely been. Not. Even if you just count just this year, the guy is more productive, and he only has 97 yards because uh, Jamison Williams is at 71 yards now, of course. He does have <laughs> a single score. But last year, nine targets, one reception, 41 yards. Now, I know they were working him in. Only played six games because of the injury, but he had an injury. And then this year, I think there may have been some offseason injury stuff or concerns in addition to the mm-hmm. fact that he was also suspended for those six games for that gambling thing. Now it got reduced to four, so he's played four games. But 15 targets, six receptions, 71 yards. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. And, um, I, yeah, I don't know. He can get open. We've seen that. But I don't know that it matters. So I just <laughs> – it's – yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, I, I guess you gotta just hope that it works out. But Donovan Peoples Jones, I would, if I was making the bet right now, would you make the bet that Donovan Peoples Jones has the better year or Jamison Williams? Oh. Because of his Williams. Donovan Peoples Jones, then why are we rostering Jamison Williams anywhere? <laughs> like, other than the dynasty league, I think you have to. I mean, I just from what he did in college, from what we've seen on tape. I think you. I don't think you have a choice but to roster him. It's annoying. It's like Devontae Adams. Like you don't want to play him, but you can't bench Devontae Adams. You don't want to roster Jameson Williams and and probably redraft and all this other. You know, obviously in Dynasty you are, but in redraft, but you kind of like the excitement that he could potentially bring. And there could be a game where he puts it all together. It's just I don't see it happening this year. Yeah, he's either if he booms, great. You're never going to have him in the your lineup the week he does. Right. So you're probably yeah. if if what you're alluding to is that he's probably droppable in in redraft leagues. Yeah. Then yeah, he probably is. Yeah, it's kind of it's unfortunate and weird and gross and maybe a lot of people already have. I'd have to look at his rostered percentage, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and um I mean like Rashid Shahid is what you were hoping you'd get from Jamison Williams in like a worst case scenario, Great. you know? So um, moving on, Will Levis, a rookie quarterback, man, I got him deep in a dynasty league, but, uh, and he's sitting on my, my roster there. So maybe I'm going to look to sell after a four touchdown game, uh, three of which I think maybe even four or, uh, three, sorry, three of the touchdowns went, uh, were like over 30 air yards. I think they mm-hmm. may even be for over 50 yards just on the whole there, but, uh, whatever the numbers are, he plays Thursday night football this week against the Steelers. Cam Hayward was just activated, uh, you know, off the IR 
And between mm-hmm. him and TJ Watt, I think we're going to get an interesting test here against the Steelers. Uh, you know, a better evaluation maybe rather of how uh, Levis is going to fare. We know coming into the league, he didn't do super well under pressure. And so I'm a little bit excited to watch what happens. I was very pessimistic, being honest. Uh, you know, we got a lot of bad offseason reports about the fact that he was behind. Um mm-hmm behind uh, Malik Willis there on the depth chart who didn't really perform the previous year. So, you know, now he's getting a chance and, uh, you know, if he can, I I just, I would find it hard to replicate what happened this Sunday, but do you think he can uh, do enough to maybe make them keep Tannehill on the bench, even if he gets healthy? I mean, I would imagine. So if he can, if he can limit his turnovers, biggest question. I mean, I said it to my wife earlier today that, I'd put our mortgage payment this month on Levis to throw over one and a half picks tomorrow night. <laughs> but I, to your point, I think he does come down to earth. I could see us, you know, a, a much smaller stat line, um, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, I, again, I could be wrong. I just, you hit the nail on the head with my thinking in that he has, he showed obviously that game, last week but up until then there was nothing there was not even like there was glimpses and they were small you know through camp and whatnot but that was it then he got injured and just kind of almost got forgotten for a minute and i mean i live in nashville and i didn't hear the name for weeks yeah so cautiously optimistic yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, when you do something like that, it's good to be, you know, maybe excited about it. I mean, heck, it's fun to watch. I mm-hmm. might go back and just rewatch that game for just to live in the moment again, because that was really cool. But Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, he he is whoever he is and he's not going to be four touchdowns every week. But maybe like you mentioned, even if he throws a pick or two or three or four, maybe not four, but you can still have relevant fantasy options around, like particularly Hopkins, mm-hmm. even if maybe he's not that great uh, for fantasy or otherwise. Um, you know, if he's slinging the ball, a lot of people have mentioned uh, Jameis Winston, somebody like that. You know, hey, what what do we really care uh, if he throws a pick or two as long as, you know, he's making my wide receiver productive, right? So uh, we know that the Steelers don't have an amazing secondary, although Joey Porter Jr. got a little bit extra run, uh, minus giving up. I think he's the one who gave up that touchdown to uh, Travis Etienne on the fade. Uh, but minus that, I think he might be a good player. So we'll, we'll see So how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you have anything else on that before we jump into our mailbag from the Twitter? No, let's dive in. All right. So, guys, again, if you uh, didn't get a chance, uh, you can try to catch this maybe on the next show. We're going to try to do this fairly often for you guys to give you a chance to give our opinion. Excuse me. Give a chance uh, to give you guys uh, our opinions on your questions. So look for that on Twitter uh, midweek every week. From Raymond, uh, how do you solve the issues with the Packers. Well, Raymond, I'm just going to tell you right now, go back to our feed like two weeks ago and you're going to hear somebody who knows a whole heck of a lot about the Packers telling you how he thinks they need to be fixed. And that would be Andy Herman. We interviewed him. Now, obviously, there's been a game or two since then. I was thinking they would be Denver, but uh, my advice there would be go listen to the show. Uh, (laughs) Kyle, we need two for this week due to buy. So this is a fantasy question here. Uh, who are you taking? 
out of these three, Jahan Dotson, Joshua Palmer, or Tank Dell, Matt? I mean, I as much as I want to believe in Dotson, I think last week was a flash in the pan. I'm rolling Palmer and Dell this week, um, mm. assuming nothing changes drastically. Um, I like the matchups better. I think I like, you know, pretty much everything across the board better for both those guys. They're tied to better QBs. Um, whole nine yards. That's a, that's a simple answer. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. For fantasy, I don't know if Howell is worse necessarily than Stroud. But yeah, I mean, I like, I think, you know, Dotson is going to be getting more snaps than Tank Dell probably will. Always. Um, so I, I would, pr- I think, I think our common one uh, together would be Palmer, and then I would mm-hmm. go Dotson. So, uh, Kyle, you can fi- uh, pick your uh, favorite between myself and Matt. <laughs> um, we really helped him there. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad we went uh, Yeah, <laughs> gave our opinions on that one. <laughs> Always uh, try to do that. Uh, here for FF asks, uh, what the freak? Do I do with Aaron Jones? So again, this is a, I assume a fantasy question. Uh, my advice would probably be to, I mean, you gotta speculatively play him probably most mm-hmm. of the time, uh, because the only way that the Packers are going to have success is if Aaron Jones is having success. So if you think it's a week that the Packers can do something, then I would be starting Aaron Jones because he is the only thing that they have. You got an opinion on that, Matt? No, I honestly couldn't agree more on that statement. It's, it's odd that they aren't getting him more involved, I guess. You know, it's he was a lifeline to some degree in games, you know, the, la- the last few years for the Packers and in their success. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers would, would probably, you know, back me on that one. Mm. Um, it's just interesting. I, I, I don't know what what is happening with the scheme. I know they've had offensive line woes again, you know, Andy Herman's always the guy for this one. Um, yeah, yeah. Go check out his story for this. Yeah, but I still think you know you're you're playing Aaron Jones. You're not benching him unless you're in a very very shallow league, and you just gotta hope they turn and figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. We will have to hope to see a little bit more. Uh, I mean, he did get five targets the last couple of mm-hmm. weeks here, but you know he's coming off of that hamstring, and uh, that I think is your real problem there. So if he can get a little bit healthier, maybe as we go, we should see more consistency there. I would hope, and some higher scoring. Uh, Rosie asks, "Would you trade Jordan Addison for Devonte Adams?" Uh, this would be a half PPR league. Um. No, because I believe in Aiden O'Connell chucking the ball. (laughs) I think you have to wait at least a week to see what the Raiders' offense is going to look like. If it's as gross as it was this past week, yeah, I don't know. I'd honestly say if you're considering this, you know, there's speculation that, and we're going to talk about Justin Jefferson here in a second, but Justin Jefferson is coming back fairly soon. I think the exact quote was sooner rather than later. Um, But my personal opinion is if you're trading Addison for Adams, you probably, if you're on the Addison side, have to do it now um, and take the chance. Because once Jefferson comes back, and, and Addison was fine when Jefferson played. I still think there's value. But if Adams does get out of his bunk, he's obviously the superior player. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, well, and Jordan Addison, you know, he, I believe, is still a rookie with the highest amount of touchdowns there insofar as wide receivers mm-hmm. are concerned by, by a good bit. You know, he made a lot of his fantasy uh, money that it, off of those touchdowns. And frankly, with Josh Dobbs, the offense just isn't going to be as good, regardless of if he plays pretty well for whoever Josh Dobbs is. Uh, and again, you're going to get, uh, I think you're going to get Hall this week. Uh, so that's one week you're definitely not. St- I can't imagine starting anybody with that guy. I mean, they were mm-hmm. the quote, I think, from uh, Kevin O'Connell, the uh, coach there, was like, we're just trying to get him, you know, his mind in a good place to keep him calm that this doesn't have, you know, we're not going to think about the rest of our, uh, you know, our future as a, you know, here for our career. It's like, man, why are we like, we're talking about ethereal, like life things here. (laughs) It concerns me. That's all I'm saying. So I don't think it's going to go well, put it that way. Um, So I think, yeah, you take Devontae Adams there. I mean, he's shown that he's been able to do it for longer. He had a lean that way. Yeah, in the game that he played with Aiden O'Connell. Whether or not I feel great about the fact that he may or may not be consistent going forward, Jordan Addison, as you mentioned, is probably going to get Justin Jefferson back at some point. And when that happens, Mm -hmm. he's going to be the two, and he's not going to be the one, and it's going to be with a guy who's typically a backup quarterback. So uh, that's what I'm going with as well. I agree with you. Last one here before we uh, wrap up the show. Benny asks, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson's fantasy future? Matt. Um, I mean, if there's some, if, if we want to be realistic about life, I honestly, the guy's going to still get a massive target share. Josh Dobbs has shown that he's perfectly capable of supporting one target. <laughs> you know, Hollywood Brown is not having a bad year by mm-hmm. any means. Um, I obviously think Kyler is an upgrade. Um, of course. I think, you know, we, we've, if we go way back to preseason stuff, I think you guys probably all thought I was on drugs because I, I was hyping Kyler in his return. And then, you know, after we talked to Tyler Drake, um, felt even better about that. And Tyler Drake might be a, uh, a mastermind of the Arizona Cardinals because he might nail this uh, return date exact, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I know he said after week eight for sure. And mm-hmm. hey, it's after week eight. And they're like, well, maybe he'll start this week. We'll see. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yep. So, we're going to actually be talking to him very soon. So, be looking out for that. We're going to talk about all the craziness that happened with the Arizona Cardinals there. Um, and Justin Jefferson, yeah, I mean, just to answer the original question, I guess, like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, you're not really worried about him. He's one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver mm-hmm. from a talent perspective in the league. Now, if you wanted to like, like dynasty, I've had Jamar chase ranked over him. I mean, again, it's, you're picking nits here, but uh, for the whole remainder, for the entirety of the season, particularly because, you know, you've got Joe Burrow. Uh, and now, I mean, even before uh, we had the injury to Kirk cousins, we knew that there was going to be a, a change there likely at quarterback. Now Kirk mm-hmm. cousins may end up back there. If he's cheaper, I don't know. We'll have to talk to somebody with the Vikings to see what we got going on there and what they would speculate. But Justin Jefferson is going to be fine. He may have a down year next year though, but he will still be fantasy relevant for sure. I would find it impossible to assume otherwise, but yeah, if you're wanting to like say who is your dynasty 101, well, of course I'm going to take Jamar Chase there, but uh, no, he's going to be just fine. So great. All right. Well, uh, Matt, do you have anything else before I let the people go here? No, I think, you know, we, uh, we're about to kick off, you know, week nine tomorrow night. Um, 
could be one of the ugliest games of the week amongst many. Um, I think we threw out a tweet earlier. I want to say it was on Monday that mm. outlined some of those matchups that um, I believe one commenter called it vomit worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, my gut tells me it's going to be an ugly week in the NFL. Um, could be a lot of bad games, a lot of buys, obviously still mixed in. So, yeah. you know, an ugly week of football is sometimes a fun week of football. So something to potentially look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Thursday night games are always interesting, but yeah, we'll, uh, when, when all that ugliness happens, we'll keep you updated as we go along. And, uh, just want to say thanks to everyone for joining us for this. Of course, we're glad to have you with us as always. Um, if you haven't yet, don't forget to like rate review and repost and whatever else you can do to help out the show here it really does help and we appreciate it a lot also if you haven't yet be sure to check out our patreon and all of our previous podcasts at our website you can do that at 32beatwriters.com for matt olson i'm zach kaidu we'll see you guys later <laughs>